So that is our foray into bugs for this week. And we close now with an editorial entitled, America, what the fuck is happening? I think a lot of us have been justifiably upset these last few weeks or months. And maybe some positive change will continue to come from this world shift. But America, what the fuck is happening? This last week, or the week before it, has been very abrupt and bizarre. There was so much to unpack last week with the protests. The first weekend made it more difficult, because the protests were very valid. Black lives absolutely matter. And so does political reform, gun reform, and police reform. But the first weekend had other people doing other despicable shit that had nothing to do with that and was and were not a part of that. But that was just the first weekend. So why, with that being curbed, do we still have this heavy police presence when now it's just back down to peaceful protesters saying black lives absolutely matter and so does political reform, gun reform, and police reform? It's like once a group infiltrates this scene and does terrible shit. Like in Austin, some of these kids, these assholes, set fire to a homeless person's mattress. That isn't anything to do with the people who are protesting, but they're out at the same time, and so they're both uh, guilty by association in the way that the public perceives something. And it made sense, perhaps, why at that time, with those agitators, you needed to put the cops out more heavy. But what's the last week been? Really collected, calm peacemaking, and it's gotten the same police presence. I worry about the clusters of people who slammed themselves into one another, or were slammed by another into one another for the last few weekends, and I'm concerned about COVID cluster in a week or two. I wonder what this says about anger, that people feel so upset that they're going to cross that line, you know? But yeah, I mean, it's scary, you know, to consider that we as a country were kind of getting the COVID stuff under control, and now in a week or two, maybe it's all gonna just fall apart. <laughs> you know, jeez. Uh, Here in Austin, a calm city, we did have some very loud protests. I told you about the bad people, but there were a lot of good people, very peaceful people. And the police in Austin made news for shooting those people, the mostly peaceful people, or if or the entirely peaceful people. And they shot at these people from across the highway. And one of these kids got hit with either a rubber bullet or a beanbag round in the head, and he might not survive. So he was uh, sniped from across the street from the police station across the highway up a hill. And that's pretty horrifying. Uh, matters made worse when others found him bleeding and uh, near unconscious or completely unconscious. They were instructed by police to carry the kid to safety by delivering him to the police station. And so when they did this, there is video to find of other cops shooting these kids, carrying a lifeless body. They shoot these kids with either rubber bullets or beanbags. It was likely due to confusion and bad communication, but it's probably the worst moment for Austin police and for... Austin Police Public Relations in many months, and that's just this very mellow city. And I'm going to say it's not the cops' fault. It's the guns and the power given to the cops. So people often say, you know, no cop is a good cop. 
I actually think a lot of cops are good cops, <laughs> but they're trained to be bad cops. They're trained to have this power. You know, if you had a wonderful friend in a cop, you're like, hey, he is a great guy. And if there was some scenario where he had to protect for the police department and he doesn't know anyone personally, he's going to probably act in ways that you wouldn't recognize him because he's instructed to and he's granted this power. It's not a cop's fault. It's the guns and the power about giving them the right to be this aggressive. Who would not be aggressive if their job allowed for it? Think about it, you know, at jobs where you're allowed to drink or smoke. I know my friends who have some of these jobs and they do it all day long. <laughs> you know, so cops are allowed to do this. They're allowed to use guns and make these split second decisions where they might shoot some kid in the head with a beanbag round or a rubber bullet and tell him to bring the kid to them and then shoot again. They do this because they can. And so that's not their fault. It's bad leadership. I don't understand why we can't immediately change the rights and permissions of a police officer. They're still going to be great police officers. You know, they're still going to cause fear in people and make most people behave. They don't need to presume that we are all trying to murder them immediately. And that's why you need to do a kill shot instead of something into the leg. I can assure you, if I'm ever in a situation where I need to be arrested, there is no worry I'm not going to try and kill you. You know, so I've had guns from police held in my face before, and there sure as hell was not that presumption in their eyes. They were looking for an opportunity to shoot me in the head. And I'm a white guy. I mean, yes, uh, bad people are a threat, and we need to be handled in those circumstances need to be handled with weapons I'm sure and yes there are lots of scenarios where a cop would need to show up with a weapon a domestic abuse circumstance would be one where a cop should be there with a weapon not to intimidate but to guarantee the safety of the person being abused yes of course uh, if we had a mad person out on you know like the SWAT team comes from Texas it comes from Austin because of Charles Whitman shooting everyone from the top of the UT Tower. And the response was such that we it was determined that we need a tactical response unit for this sort of circumstance. At the time, police didn't have tactical response <laughs> built into their policing. And Austin, other than this tragic moment, did pretty fine at the time. It's notorious as one of the worst things to ever happen in Texas. But that's why we have the SWAT team, is because of Austin, Texas, and that incident can look up the Charles Whitman shooting that really changed the city but it grew and healed but it didn't need after that infection to always have a SWAT team you know we talk about ventilators for COVID a lot of over policing is like this ventilator that might be come in for a urgent moment and it necessitates that ventilator it necessitates that police presence and those guns and that force but we don't take that ventilator away once we grant it to police. They still have these tactical weapons very often in their possession while they're working a normal 9-to-5 day. And then they have even weirder shit behind doors. So the infection is over, you can put the ventilator away and it can go back to being normal cops in the 60s, styled. Just one tiny little holster. Yes, bad people are a threat and need to be handled with weapons, but most of the time, 
The power of the state itself is a good enough deterrent. The very ability to charge me with a fine, let alone a crime, is all the law cop needs to keep me in order. You know, I mean, a fine can, can ruin you if it doubles and triples. And I mean, that hits me. That would hit you. So once any one cop decides that you need a fine, <laughs> you're going to get a fine. That should be all they need. In some ways, I kind of feel thankful that cops haven't realized, and especially with like this uh, facial recognition shit, that they don't need guns. They just need a camera at these events and just to hold the camera up to everybody and auto face check and send like a Vimmo bill or something to every fucking person that matches a registry. <laughs> we would not have protests. People would maybe not pay these things and you might and you might say that I'm belittling it but I'm saying that that is more effective the threat of that is more effective and immediate than getting tased getting tased is something a cop wants to do but it's not you know and in fact like they say that they tase you because you're not responding to uh, verbal shit I trust you if you suddenly held their face up and sent them a PayPal bill or Venmo or whatever and it kept on doubling the more they misbehaved. That would catch most people. Be like, fuck, okay, it's $180. Okay, shit, it's $240. Fine, fine, fine. I'm sorry. $300? Okay, I didn't. I'm leaving. That's what a person would do. Damn it, I got this huge bill. You can't turn it down. You can't get rid of a bill from the city. So the ability to charge somebody with a fine, let alone a crime, is all the law a cop needs. Tasers are an idea for stopping force in motion. And I'm wondering, why can't we just gum somebody? There has to be some chemical that can be made, and I'm sure it exists, that would harden quickly or become over-taffy-like and be impossible to walk around. I mean, you're not tasing somebody because they're running away. You're, you're just trying to mellow out the moment, according to police. So maybe just something that you could spray on somebody that would totally cover them in goo. Or uh, maybe something that would just become too slippery. So they're slipping and sliding on the ground like they're covered in WD-40. Uh, I mean, humans are not tough to trap. This is why we had to invent tools to get away from our predators. If a human just needs to catch another human, it's easy. You don't need to tase or shoot it. You just need to trip it. In most cases... Right. I mean, again, people are probably imagining some like crazy scenario and I'm saying in most cases. And when I eat food, I only use the silverware that I need for the food, because in most cases, I just need a fork and knife and a spoon. Really, in most cases, I just need a fork. Sometimes I like to do that with a spoon and occasionally I need a knife to cut things up. But I've got other silverware in the silverware cabinet i've got these giant ladle like spoons i've got like a seven spatulas i've got a lot of other things i've also got a mechanical knife you know for cutting turkey or something and you know i'm just gonna wear that mechanical knife every day because i don't know when i'm gonna need to use it at the dinner table and if something should happen in an altercation that really requires a spoon i got my mechanical knife on me and i'm gonna tell you right now just fucking back up no way they do not need a gun as much as they have it. Most meals from a cop are a fine or a conversation, and they just need a spoon and a fork. The fine is the knife. I mean, the fine is the knife, just getting arrested, and then a, a resisting arrest, that's the fine. It's such a 
lack of confidence to not think as a police officer that you just have your word. You can get people to fucking follow what you're saying. You don't need to pull your gun out. I understand again that, you know, some bad people are going to take exploit that, but that's not most cases. Let's go back to that and think about the electric blade. I'm sure uh, being a police officer is a tough business, but there needs to be weapons reform. If I can't handle my car, like I keep on driving it into things, I lose my license to drive one. And if a car becomes too dangerous, like it starts exploding, like uh, then it's pulled from the market because it's not safe. And why do police keep on mishandling their authority, yet increasingly gain more authority and more explosive weaponry? They've proven time and again that they can't manage this stuff. I guess you could also say that they need to stop trying to give them these martial art lessons too, because they can't fucking handle it. They just want to use it. I was uh, in martial arts as a kid long enough to do okay on it. And I remember one of the key rules is that if you're taught this shit, knowledge is the confidence. You don't use it. So even if you're taught maybe how to like compress a leg on somebody, you should have the confidence that you know how to do that. But you are not to ever use it unless it's for self-defense. So they were just trusted with information there. And we need to undo that. Stop teaching them self-defense shit. And believe me, it's not going to make being a police officer any scarier to not be able to learn these tricks of how to incapacitate somebody's uh, neck or have all these guns. If anything, it'll become less frightening because you'll learn to not need those things. You know, you'll have a beat or whatever. And yes, some bad things might happen. I would be curious if less bad things actually happened. But in those cases, you might need some different response. And there should be a way to be able to quickly have that response. But it doesn't mean... I can't believe they need to carry it with them. Carry it on them. I mean, I remember as a kid, a cop would walk into a diner and you just see a cop. Now, the same people walk into a diner and you see them literally straddling back and forth because they're so weighed down in devices and weapons. <laughs> uh, there's no need for that, man. You don't need to keep on escalating. I've been in diners in both situations and nothing. Nothing ever really broke down for the cop just sitting there eating eggs in a normal pair of pants. No combat boots. A watch being heavier on their arm than any other thing they were carrying. And maybe a gun. That's the way cops used to walk around. And people refer back to that as the good times that we can't return to. And I question why is that? You know, is this just atmosphere that things are getting worse? Or are we making it worse? Are we deciding as a society that things are worse and that's why we need to bunker down with these weapons? No, we don't. We need to stop this escalation. Why do police always shoot for the head and not the foot or the leg? Like I said, I've had a few moments or two in my life where a cop has aimed a gun at me. One was in my front door. That's a story. Me answering my front door to five cops. And it was always at my head whenever the gun was aimed. The actual number of cops, I should say, this story is kind of a weird one. I was coming home and saw um, that my neighbor's uh, garage was open. I like to say hello to him. 
So I looked in, he wasn't there. I was like, okay. Funny enough, I had forgotten about this story when I was talking about yellow jackets and red wasps, but this is, uh, this was during, uh, the time where I was still dealing with them in the house and outside. Yellow jackets actually, I deal with poison. I will break the raid rule for a yellow jacket. A red wasp I'll hit with a broom and uh, soapy water. But uh, it's very different with a yellow jacket. So they were in our front yard. So I went around my house after checking on my neighbor into my backyard. And through my backyard, I went into my room, my house. But I opened the front door to see many more wasps there, yellow jackets, than I expected. And so I quickly slammed that door. And what I didn't know is at this moment, somebody across the street had seen me, who they claimed not to recognize, walk to my neighbor's garage and look in. And then, presumably me being a stranger, walked to my own backyard, and she thought I was breaking in, and that I did break in. And then I walked forward to the front door, opened the front door, and looked out. It was her perception that I saw her and then slammed the door. So she called 911. I'd been at this house for about two years at this point, and I'd seen this neighbor many times and always said hello to them. I was returning from work, and I think I might have been wearing a hoodie. I'm not saying that to be sarcastic, but I think I might have been, or a sweatshirt. Zippered sweatshirt with a hood, <laughs> and uh, I had a, um, a bag with me, and so by her eyes, I was a criminal. I think her fear filtered her eyes because she didn't see me. She saw the opportunity to call in a criminal from my house, and so she called the police. And I went and fed my cat and then I opened the door and I sprayed it down with Raid and I put it down and then I decided a few minutes later to check on the, the state of the wasps and I opened the door and there were five to eight cops outside. And the reason why I say there were five to eight is because there were eight, but five of them lifted up guns and aimed them right at my face. And believe me, you, you make that shift of number when that happens you're like well there are eight five of which suddenly held a gun to my face and i was trying to say that i lived in this house and they didn't believe me and they asked if i had any id and i my id was uh back back by my kitchen table because i just took my wallet out when i came home so i said it's at the kitchen table and when i was trying to point to it suddenly i was pulled out of my house by four or five of those cops literally lifting me from the front door outside, cuffing me and surrounding me. And then all of a sudden, eight other police ran in from our very small townhouse size home. Eight cops were in the backyard and they ran outside and I'm suddenly surrounded at gunpoint by 16 police. And the reason being, this woman across the street had called me in as a potential burglar and that, according to her, yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. So at this point, let's say I got killed by a cop. Since she had called, most lawyers that I talked to about this tell me that there would be no liability. She had brought in the threat by calling. She can't be sued for calling the police, so there's no liability to her. And the police are acting on her report so they can shoot me, and they're not liable. That's the way it works. It wasn't intentional nearly getting me killed, but that's what she'd done. And I asked a cop also, I have friends who are cops. I'm interested in different people. I'm not against police. I'm just describing a situation where it's not the police, it's the gun. But a friend of mine, I asked a friend after a couple of years or a couple of months, I uh, 
It's only dawned on me how terrible the moment was. Well, later, I asked a friend what had been happening if I had uh, opened the door with the raid in my hand to spray the bug, and he said, you'd be dead. And um, he's a cop, and so he just uh, wanted to console me, though. He goes, but you did exactly what you were told to do, and that's right. That's the way they talk. But that didn't happen. You did the right thing, and you survived it. That's my friend, a cop, telling me. You did the right thing, and he got through it. It's crazy. Think about how many different scenarios in your life would be the case where at a hairpin you could kill somebody. Watch a murder movie and how hard it is for somebody to really murder somebody. If you're doing it with intent even, it can take hours. I think the uh, death scene in that film, Bully, takes forever on that beach. Sorry if I'm spoiling that. But if you've never seen Bully, that's a great movie. Larry Clark made that and he also made Kids with Harmony Corinne. But uh, I think Kids is largely Larry Clark. It's uh, wonderful. Bully and Kids are two great films. A lot of people have seen Kids, but I don't think they've seen Bully. I don't know if they've seen Bully. I think Bully is better than Kids. It's scarier. Of course, some uh, selfish antagonizers really messed up the conversation during the protest, too. I don't know what the fuck they were. I don't know who they were. But I know that everyone thinks that they were all one giant crowd. And I worry about some of the destructive imagery recorded during the melee that might be perfect optics for Trump to get reelected. You can just imagine the commercial. Look at the unhinged left. Reelect Trump today to keep you safe. Shit like that. That's the consequence of us doing that. No matter how wonderful it felt, too. Maybe you're not an insurrectionist. Maybe you just wanted to fucking break something, damn it. Race riots make sense to me. I understand that. But I also saw some people who had no fucking circumstantial reason to justify that. They were just crazy motherfuckers. And I can understand how great that feels. But it's a selfish fucking thing to do. That lawyer or whatever, that woman uh, throwing a Molotov cocktail at cops. Really fucked it up for a lot of people. That's an ad. Nothing says uh, re-elect Nixon like a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> you want a case example, Nixon got re-elected. And that's how Nixon got re-elected, partly, was for that kind of conversation. What the fuck are they doing with those firebombs? We have to re-elect Richard Nixon or they're going to kill me. <laughs> or just those fucking kids... That's why Nixon got reelected. Could also just it could also just be pent up horny kids who haven't had the proper brain development in life yet to cope with something this bizarre. I'm not hating on you. If you're like 21 or 22, I bet you this has been really fucking strange and you have no idea what to do. Having to stay inside for three months. I I wonder if you just got penned up and just went crazy at the first opportunity. Learning from history, activism is multiplied and its effect with seriousness, and even more multiplied with humor and with purposeful anger, directed, focused anger and kindness. But activism is negated by looting and mad rage. Everything you do is undone by that. There's a reductive uh, phrase, he who loses it, loses it. That's kind of a, a, a very black and white, because sometimes you need to lose it and fucking flip out. But I think we all know the line that gets drawn when it comes to setting a homeless person's uh, mattress on fire because you're rioting versus going to a protest and 
maybe throwing a fucking brick in a window. Those things happen at protests. They're not good, but they're not setting a homeless person's mattress on fire. It's very heated. It can be very exciting to be at a protest. That's why people go to them. It's a lot of wonderful energy if you've never been. It's unfortunate that you can't really try it out right now because the police might kill you. Or secondarily, you might pick up a sickness, you know? But what the fuck is going on in America that we have this happening anyway? That we actually have a moment where regardless that it's that risky, both to our health and to our safety, we're fucking protesting. I feel terrible for protesters that had to deal with others taking the opportunity to go insane in the city. As I've mentioned, the worst example here locally was a homeless man being attacked. You can look it up. His mattress was lit aflame. It's very heartbreaking to see that video. There's some seriously messed up behavior to be examined there as well. Homeless lives matter. Black lives matter. Homeless lives matter. Add to this the madness of the year with COVID, our inability as a country to bunker down for more than five weeks before throwing tantrums. Americans today would never survive a war. Before COVID, the only attack we've ever really had to endure, ever on our own land for over 100 years, is the earth bombing us with tornadoes and hurricanes. That's the only war Americans ever have to endure consistently. Clouds. There's wildfire too, and mudslides. But that's somewhat manageable. We could have avoided moving into much of that harm's way regarding many of those issues. Of course, crazy things happen with tornadoes, and wildfires can happen anywhere and mudslides too. We make it tougher by covering the world in concrete. Americans don't like to be told they can't do anything, because Americans are tough. <laughs> Americans, above everything, Americans are tough like that. That's what American wants to be. If you're an American cop, they're tough like that. Whatever. I, f I wonder about families in Syria looking bewildered at Americans right now. We have no bombing. There's literally four walls and a ceiling on most of our homes, and in including electricity and Netflix. Delivery groceries, no exposed rebar from carpet bombing, no pools of blood on the street covered in dirt. Or what about other regimes? No North Korean authority banging on our door to pull out our teeth in front of our children because we didn't salute the camera at the factory. Yet. <laughs> but we throw a temper tantrum because we have to stay inside for a month. I think about migrants walking by foot for the entire length of the continent just to get inside America at zero money. To start from zero in America. Americans here get to be here instantly. And we can't stand staying inside for a season on the sofa. Young people get a pass with me, because it makes sense. I can't imagine being horny as a 20-year-old during this. But then you have such bad government that they do such fucked up, neglected shit and don't make these laws to calm down police that we have to come outside and say some stuff. This is leadership's fault, not the three cops. They are murderers, the three or four, or I don't know how many cops it's going to end up being. They are all complicit. Certainly the motherfucker with the leg. That guy. He should go to jail. Everyone involved should go to jail, but they are not the problem. It's the leadership that allows them to do that. So I understand why people are like, fuck this. I don't care about getting sick for a minute. If it happens, it happens. They need to hear me talk right now. That's messed up.
You know, you can look at leadership for how well they've responded to this COVID stuff, how careful they've been, and how well they've not incited or made worse. It is certainly a case of leadership making decisions that have nothing to do with COVID, but are making COVID worse. This is where bad government has multipliers of bad decisions, bad policies that make something worse, even out of prep. I seriously doubt during any of this, they were like, well, what if a riot happens? They were not thinking about that, nor would they say with any foresight, well, to prevent things from being, from getting bad, we should probably not be killing any black people right now for police. So how can we figure that out? Because we don't want America to totally get destroyed by COVID. We need you to stay inside for until there's testing and a fucking vaccine. They know that's the answer. But in this prep work, they're just bitching about fucking ventilators and face masks and then fucking over other cities. I'm talking about Trump here. Fucking over the actual cities or the states from getting these same materials and going on in every day repeating the same bullshit, not talking with any creativity. It's been very impressed with New York City. Never thought I would like Cuomo so much. Never thought I'd like Cuomo, but he was the right motherfucker for this. He is. And he has even answered um, their one real terrible moment with Buffalo, New York cops shoving that 75-year-old guy down on the pavement. He's done the right thing in the way of responding to that. He didn't say this is the best day ever for George Floyd, like Trump said. That uh, Floyd is from back in heaven saying so many good things. Fuck you, you can't speak for that guy. And your policies did in fact murder him because you had three years to consider this as a problem and address, maybe even legislatively, police fucking rules. How can we have a Civil Rights Act, but we can't have a Police Restriction Act? You know? There's lots of things that impact my lifestyle that are made at the federal level. I think we could legislate, and it wouldn't even be a Second Amendment issue. It could just be, you know, we want to really codify what it means to be a police officer and when they can have a gun. But that would be like a fantasy. That's not going to happen. So presently, it's a heroic act if you go out to protest. I'm proud of you for what you're doing, and I'm worried about how it's going to affect us. But when I think of anyone over the age of 30 at a beach during this madness from last month, it just makes me livid. A crowd is the result of individual decisions for each individual person to be there. And it's amazing that a, that a beach can actually get packed. You'd think that once it sort of barely got full, people arriving at the beach would see that that is not their turn to be at the beach and to turn around, but they don't. They make an individual decision to go in. And then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Texas has a few public pools. <laughs> Sometimes you'll see this happening when they don't have a uh, restriction on how many people can go into it. It becomes more people than water in some of these pools. So, you know, you came up to a half full beach and you don't turn around because who's going to notice one extra person? That's your fault. I'm sorry, you know, come back next time. It, you don't need the beach, too. You know, guys, you do not need the fucking beach. There are tons of places to go outside that don't need other people all around, and you can find these places. Not in New York or something. But they've been doing an okay job. Tons of cities do not have this same problem. 
we uh but we can't even be creative about that if uh you're taking this personally i don't mean to blame you but you know we all have to do what we individually need to do i can't imagine i love to read and i can't imagine somebody saying you can't have a fucking book for the next three months that would make me really upset and i'd be like god damn the consequences you know i'm gonna go out and read today I understand that people's connection to the outside is like that, but it just takes one person thinking they need to do that in front of other people. That won't matter. That you suddenly have a crowd of people doing it. I think about Homer Simpson in The Simpsons when he's in a traffic jam. And traffic jams could be kind of peaceful, quiet places, and they kind of are if there's no noise. Certainly safer than normal normal driving. And uh, he declares that Homer declares that he has a secret weapon and to deal with the jam of cars and he honks. Then you hear a bunch of cars doing the same thing. So to deal with either making unrest or maybe making a stupid decision. That's what we're dealing with this week. They're two separate things. Some people disrupted some people did something stupid i think for both you can take a positive thought about homer simpson and the simpsons when the family is in traffic and it's quiet and he declares his secret weapon to deal with the jam of cars he honks then you see a bunch of other cars doing the same thing that honking can be making some positive change It can also be doing something stupid. It's up to you.